Good afternoon, listeners. Today is Sunday, August 27th, 2023, and the time is now 4.38 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good afternoon, everybody. How is your weekend going? Before I forget, a big shout out to, uh, I'm looking at this note here. I'm sorry, I didn't pay attention. They didn't give me this warning. I just want to read this note here. Heads up. You can record for up to 30 minutes in your web browser. If you'd like to record for longer, you can use any app on your computer and then upload the file. That's what I was talking about from the car. Remember, I was recording in the car. But anyway, let's, let's get back to the commercial, guys. Great way to start your own podcast. Spotify for podcasts. A great professional sound. Very easy. Low, minimal investment. All you need is internet service phone service and you're good to go man and you you could have people in a podcast so you could do it yourself but anyway uh what was i talking yeah i was talking about that how you can um you know you i can record longer on the phone i'm back i'm back at my pc i was on the road for a few days and i'm home i think you could tell in the sound i sound differently when i'm doing this on the laptop right I call this the base station, actually, or the command center. Anybody ever seen uh, Die Hard 4 with Bruce? I think Bruce Willis is in there. And, and Jack uh, Jack Black, he, like, lives in a basement in his mother's house, and he's got a command. This is my command center. This is my base station. Like, if you're a, a ham radio operator or a CB operator, you got the base and you got the mobile. If you're talking on the radio from home, you're talking on the base station. If you're on the road, you're a mobile. But anyway, I'm in the base. I'm in the base station. Anyway, folks, I don't want to hold you up because I know some of you had tuned in for the True Crime series. Welcome. Welcome if you're new to the channel. I'm not asking for anything. I, I don't have any sponsors. I don't have any advertisers. I don't have any Patreon members or gold members. It, it just makes me happy when I notice that people are listening to the podcast. But even if people aren't listening, I continue to do this. Sometimes a labor of love involves not yielding immediate results. It's just the way things are. You got to keep grinding at it even when nothing is, you, you don't think you're hitting gold. That's the way to go because you could be so close to hitting that gold. But uh, I don't know how I got back to this again or what I'm talking about, but welcome. Welcome to the True Crime series. Thank you for tuning in. Before, without further ado, because I've wasted two minutes and 51 seconds of your time, the case we're going to cover today is a pretty hot case. Everybody's been talking about this case, um, the the Idaho murders. I was about to call it the Brian Kohlberger case, but really, it isn't about Brian. I, I know a lot of attention is going to be focused on him because we're trying to figure out if he, if he is culpable if he was capable, if he did it, and if he did it, was it intentional, and should he get the death penalty? So many, but really, it's about the four victims because after the defendant is convicted, if they are convicted, part of the punishment is for them just to be forgotten about, to recede in into a basement, or as one of the YouTubers calls it underneath the prison, yes, under the prison, and it's time for the families to heal. You know, it's about bringing closure and justice to the families. But anyway, the case is Brian Kohlberger. Brian Kohlberger will be on trial, and this case I sort of 
procrastinated to discuss because it is such a hot topic. Everyone is following this case, which is slated for trial in October. I, I knew I knew this by publishing the the episode. I was going to get at least one other listener than myself. And I hold myself accountable to my listeners. So I try to produce content with reasonable care. Anyway, Brian Kohlberger case isn't really, like I mentioned, it's not about the defendant, and it really shouldn't be. You know, the object here, like I mentioned, is to bring the justice for the Idaho Four, because there were four young lives, unexpected, unexpectedly, unexplainedly, undeservedly, and tragically taken. Now, let's see if I remember the names of the victims. There was Ethan. I, I believe he was in a relationship with one of the other victims. There was Kaylee Goncalves. I hope I pronounced that. Please forgive me. Either Goncalves or Goncalves. I'm leaning towards Goncalves. Maddie Mogan and Zana Zernoodle. I hope I got that. I'm Usually with X's, you pronounce them as Z. This way you can't butcher up the name too much. This poor child's been butchered up enough already. She's a victim. We're here for the victims. We're here for the families. I, I'll have to fast check myself here. They deserve, they deserve the respect of having their names properly pronounced. The murders took place late October, early November of 2022 in Moscow, Idaho, uh, at an off-campus student rental house known as the Party House. It is believed that the killings took place at about 4 a.m., shortly after a DoorDash delivery was received in the house. No one actually saw the murders took place or any of the survivors. House members of the victims heard some sounds and then saw a masked man with bushy eyebrows walk down the hall and exit the house. For what seemed like the longest time, nobody knew what happened to the Idaho for other than a mysterious white Hyundai Elantra seen on video footage driving in the area at about the time that the murders took place. There were all kinds of speculation news feeds and talk in the weeks to come. People were scared. You know, students were scared. They were closing their doors. Then in early January, a stunning announcement that police in Pennsylvania had made an arrest. Nobody seemed more stunned than the suspect, Brian Kohlberger, who was arrested at his parents' Poconos home and extradited back to Colorado. He uh, did not fight he did, not, he did not try to waive, he, what's the term, waive extradition? He waived it, right? He just like, okay, come on, let's, let's bring it on. Bring me back and let's, uh, have, let's have my day in court. Let's see what you got. But anyway, um, he was extradited back to Colorado, and he uh, must have thought that he did all the correct things, you know, wearing latex gloves, cleaning his car, throwing his trash 
in his neighbor's cans rather than his own, even if his sister, whom I believe he had stolen a cell phone from her when they were teens, uh, even though she found his latex glove-wearing behavior peculiar or suspicious, the defendant is he's 28 years old. Uh, he's a Ph.D. student in the criminal justice department, as well as a graduate teaching assistant. He lived alone in an apartment in Pullman, Washington, another college town about 10 minutes away from Moscow, Idaho. Prior to enrolling and living in the Washington region, the defendant had just graduated from DeSales University in Pennsylvania, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is a Jesuit university. I believe it has some affiliation to religious, and I believe it is of the Jesuit. But when he did earn was a master's in criminal justice or psychology. Uh, one of his professors there, I believe, at the sales had a well-documented correspondence with the BTK killer, Dennis Rader. BTK, not Burger King. It means bind, torture, kill. The professor has not publicly commented on Kohlberger at all. And, you know, may even have she i believe she had written a book about btk on a side note the defendant um getting back to the defendant he was an overweight teenager who was picked on reportedly by females he went through a dramatic weight loss uh, around 11th or 12th grade and uh, around that point in adolescence maybe um around the same time he had developed a heroin had habit. For how long he had the heroin habit is not known to me. And exactly what he was doing in his late teens and his early 20s is uncertain to me, other than he had worked a security job, I believe, on a college campus and reportedly went on a date in 2015 in which he had emailed the young lady after the date telling her that she had good birthing hips. What that means is uncertain. Did he want to have babies with her? Other than the one date, others say that he had transformed from being bullied to becoming the bully. College classmates say he was a really nice guy, having worked on projects with him, and they do not recognize the mugshot of the defendant that we see today. Neighbors say he was very chatty, the type of guy who would be standing outside looking to converse. Classmates said that the day after the killing uh, or, or you know, wherever it came out in the news and they were, you know, talking about it in school, in the breakaway groups, that he was more quiet than usual, that essentially you could hear a, a pin drop. And normally he's a very chatty guy. So they, they saw a difference. Although the public was in a fog as to who could have perpetrated such a heinous crime, the cops apparently had a person of interest early on in the investigation, but kept it under wraps, probably to protect the integrity of the investigation. During the time that the defendant was being surveyed and monitored, he drove across the country, 
back to Pennsylvania from Washington to PA with his dad at the conclusion of the fall or autumn semester. Um, There's body cam footage which shows him being pulled over at least two times for tailgating or speeding and the cops talking to his father while the defendant looks on. It is questionable uh, what you know what real reasons the cops had for pulling him over. Did the patrol cops know he was a suspect? Oh, he's, he's just driving that aggressively. I tend to think he was just an aggressive driver. Anyway, the defendant was successfully extradited back to Washington, and he remains in custody ever since. He maintains his innocence. Most recently, his defense requested a delay in the trial date, but I believe the judge denied that request, and the trial is set for October. I also believe the defendant is facing execution by a firing squad in the case. Idaho just passed a law, uh, you know, making it, basically passing it, making it legal for a shooting squad. And I'm wondering if that is in light of uh, the nationwide shortage of lethal injection drugs, which uh, are used in executions. Besides that, most likely nothing will occur before, um, you know, before October. Expect, you know, for pretrial motions and any other new developments in the case. Stay tuned, boppers. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in, folks. And we will continue to update you as things transpire in this case. It should be a very interesting and emotionally charged case, to say the least. Thank you very much. Have a great evening, folks.